1: All right, it's time to smash it up alongside the managing editor of Warchant.com, Ira Schofel. My name is Tom Lang, and we welcome you to Warchant TV's presentation of Sunday Smash. Ira, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm great, Tom. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing all right. I'll be doing even better if everybody would smash the like button underneath this video and subscribe to Warchant TV. You can do so for free, and then I'll try this out. Director Matthew is behind the scenes, and uh, he knows the magic word that we use on the JCS 1-3. to Right here on Warchant TV Monday and Wednesday through Friday. A buck. There it is. There's the magic word. A buck. That's what you have to spend. That's it. A dollar. You've got that kind of change in your car for Warchant for one full year. All FSU fans, we love you. Sign up right now for Warchant.com for $1 for one year. Hey, and if you sign up for the TV channel as well right here on YouTube, you subscribe to it. It'll be $1 to join a website and our channel for free. All FSU fans. We're looking at you. Join us right now at WarChant.com because we're loaded. It's camp time, Ira. And uh, there was a scrimmage last night. We've now seen more than a handful of practices for FSU. Uh, You know, we're getting going again. I think it's Monday through Friday this week. Three days in Tallahassee and two days in Jacksonville. Where is your head at now, sir? Because I enjoyed yesterday. We got a bit of a breather and now maybe some of our observations are arising to the surface. Some general storylines. What say you, sir? How do you feel about how practice is going so
0: far? You know, it's funny. When I was driving uh, yesterday, I went down to uh, the uh, Lake Sumter County Seminole Clubs. It's two counties combined. They have a Seminole Club, and they asked me to come down and talk. Had a great time, great people. Uh, the Aguayo brothers were there, um, which was really cool. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was just a good time. And, um, you know, the when I was driving down there, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And the more I started talking, thinking through this team and kind of going position by position across the depth chart, you know I really, I don't know, man, I started getting more more optimistic than maybe I was going into preseason camp about this team. Um, you know, if you look at it, and I, I think we've talked about this all individually, but when you look at it from a big picture standpoint, they they're gonna be better at a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. And there's only one position where I think really they could be worse and that's probably defensive end. Um, I think it could be a push, it's a tight end. I think it could be a push maybe at running back if Trey Benson's not what we think he's going to be. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be much better at offensive line, much better at wide receiver, I think much better at linebacker. I think they're going to be better in the secondary. Um, I think they're going to be better at quarterback because you're going to have Jordan playing every game. And I think Tate's a better backup right now than Mackenzie Milton would have been uh, in the second half of last season. So I, when you look at it from that standpoint, it's like, you know, it's not just a matter of, hey, they're going to play cleaner or they've had a couple of nice When you look at it, I started getting more excited, man. I started thinking that like eight and fours, you know, where I think they're going to be, but it wouldn't shock me if they went nine and three, which I don't know if I would have said that coming into the camp. So I think that just speaks to those first eight practices and, and how I, you know, I feel like that they're better than I thought they were going to be.
1: Yeah. You've been impressed by camp. If you're saying the magic nine number
0: is uh... I'm not saying that's what I'm expecting. I'm just saying, I, this is what I was thinking is like going in, I thought eight and four and if things don't go right. Seven and five. Now I think eight and four. Hey, if things go right, maybe nine and three. I I think they're. I mean, I just think they're substantially better than than um, you know than than certainly what we saw last season. And again, we we're out there every day, which is awesome. But I don't know if we look at the big picture as much because we're so focused on this position and this player. When you look at it from that standpoint, man, they're they're better at almost every position. That should equate to you know a substantially better season. I think.
1: So, Ira promises nine and three. Everybody, just that's make exactly sure to hold them to that. Exactly what I said. Um, it, it's it's a it's a much better team across the board. It's just a matter of health, yeah. turnover, luck, those types of things, and the schedule's tougher. That's the mitigating factor here too, right. is all these veteran quarterbacks that you're going against. You you get LSU at the right time, uh, because they're so early on in their process and they've just started camp out that way in Baton Rouge, but they're going to be you know learning on the fly, still thinking one would one would assume on the field a little bit as they get accustomed to the defensive and the offensive philosophies. But on the other side of that coin, you got a Miami team that will be very much familiar with Mario Cristobal's way of functioning by the time you get them with a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke. So the degree of difficulty in this schedule is higher. The margin is a little bit narrower, but you're better equipped to make that fight. And I got to tell you too, I love going to practice and and seeing the things that we see with Mike Norvell's media policy, but I especially like it when I don't know what I'm going to see every day, meaning that the offense could command most of the periods or the defense could command most of the periods for the last couple of years. You kind of knew how it was going to go. Offense right. was going to be clunky and ugly. And there it's been a true back and forth so far this spring or so far this fall camp. And and that's something that buoys me is that, you know, I'll watch one offensive lineman, like a Demetri Emanuel lose a rep or two, and then he'll go against the same guy 10 minutes later and he'll win the rep for the right reasons. You're just you're seeing that incremental improvement. I think that's how most programs operate, Ira, in the country is, is they get better at practice and things are competitive on both sides of the ball. We just haven't seen that a lot here around these parts the last five years.
0: Yeah, and again, like the, you know, to your point, like the, you know, there there were you know there were some times late this past week, and Mike Norvell talked about it when uh, the offensive line was down a few pieces and the offense didn't execute to the way it had been executing. But think about you know a year ago. Think about two years ago. A lot of times there were a lot of days like that. There were a lot of days where uh, the quarterbacks and receivers weren't on the same page, or the offensive line couldn't protect at all, or create any running lanes at all. Um, you know, or the receivers could never win any battles. That it was it was kind of jarring when they had some issues uh, late this week. With, you know, again when they they were kind of short handed up front. So um, you know, assuming they get those guys back, which you know we think they will. Um, I think you know you'll go back to seeing those good battles. but yeah, I mean I think the defense, I think the defense is is what we hoped it was going to be in terms of the linebackers. I think I mean, I'm just I, I'm very excited about the linebackers. I just think that that it's it has been so long since they've had good linebackers and I really think they've got good linebackers uh, and then you've got a good secondary, you know and, and I really love what you know you have a defensive tackle. So I think that defense is gonna be really good. Well, if that offense can play with that defense, you know again it's another good sign. Yeah,
2: yeah that's uh,
1: I've talked about this in, in some of the Q&As I've done either on the boards or, or on the air. Like sometimes there's a, what I call like the fog of camp where I don't know what I'm looking at is is something happening because you're deficient on one side of the ball or is it because you're really good. And and one group that you don't have to worry about the fog of camp is the interior of the offensive line going against FSU's defensive tackles. If an offensive lineman wins a rep against Robert Cooper or Fabian Lovett, you can pretty well take it to the bank that means they've done something. They've accomplished something, uh, and you're seeing more of that at more position battles. You're seeing those types of competitions and those wins where I know what I'm looking at. That's not somebody like, in no disrespect, that's not somebody like a Stanford Samuels the third, you know, destroying all the receivers in fall camp. I, you know, I don't know who he's going against. And and clearly, that particular season a few years ago, it was more about the receivers in practice than it was the aptitude of the defensive back. Uh, but I digress. We'll be answering. Well- your- Go ahead.
0: And on that note, just one perfect example. Again, we weren't at the scrimmage. That's the only thing Mike Norvell closes to the media. Um, but, you know, Jared – or excuse me, um, uh, uh, Deuce Vance – or Deuce Span. Good grief. All these names were spinning around my head. I think when I got COVID last month, I think it's uh, doing something to me. But anyway, Deuce Span, uh, you know, he had a long touchdown pass in that game. Then the scrimmage, it came from A.J. Duffy. Well, that tells you it was probably with the twos or threes – so he's probably going up against the twos or threes. So you know, if Deuce span, it gets it gets out there with the ones, if you hear a, if you hear receivers catching a touchdown pass from Jordan Travis, you you could tell, okay, he's probably going up against maybe better DBs. So those are things that even if you're not there as a, as a fan, I think you could try to pick up on a little bit.
1: Well, and that's the thing too about the scrimmage is. Look, Mike was willing to offer up that, you know, the guys that may have been held out this week uh, on up front and on the offensive line didn't sound like they were back for the scrimmage. The way Mike talked about it was fairly open in that regard, and it was a limiting factor of, I I think, the takeaways for good-on-good work in a scrimmage. So for the coaching staff, they've got a limit. When they look at film, well, okay, maybe this defensive lineman wins a lot of battles, but is that really going to be the caliber of an offensive lineman that he's going to see week to week? And conversely, well, there might be an empty series here or there, but Jordan would normally have time in these situations. So I don't know that this is a scrimmage that the takeaways are going to be really strong for the coaching staff. So in that way, you know, as long as the offensive linemen come back and, and they're healthy and, and everybody's up to full speed, we kind of get a freebie on this one, Ira, because I, I think if, if we were in and watching that scrimmage, we'd say, well, what do you want, guys? we got to qualify all of this because we're not, we can't give you hard answers just simply because of the guys that may or may not have been participating So that's where we stand. There's five practices again this week. They'll have a scrimmage again next Saturday. Uh, We want to take your questions. We did this a couple weeks ago on Sunday Smash, which tonight is brought to you by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. So Director Matthew has been flagging some questions and comments uh, from you guys that are out there. And we want to thank 904NOL for the first contribution of the night. Hey, well, thank you. We are the reason we're getting through the offseason, too. If we weren't able to talk to each other, 904NOL, I think we'd go nuts here at Warchant.com and War TV, But we want to hear from you guys. We're going to talk about team until about another half an hour, 745. Then Michael Langston will join the program on Sunday Smash. Florida State got a commitment this week from a running back. And uh, obviously, just because it's a dead period doesn't mean recruiting stops. So we'll have Michael at 745. First question of the night is from Fred. Is the Deuce Span hype real, Ira? Or is it like Shaheen? Whoa. Oh, wait a minute. You're going to take issue with this second. I was gonna
0: say, I'm going to say, let let's. I'll let you start. go. Go for it. I'm trying to wind me up, Fred. <laughs> uh, look, I, the, the difference between Shaheen Brown, in my opinion, and a Deuce Span or or Azari Thomas, again, Shaheem, I think proved last preseason he should have been on the field some. He playing safety is a difficult position for a true freshman, so I think he made a lot of big plays. We wrote about a lot of those big plays during camp. The coaches talked about it, but there are so many things a safety has to know in terms of run support, coverage. Uh, would every with every player on the defense, a lot of times they kind of have to be a quarterback of the defense. That's a lot to ask of a true freshman. I think they decided they played him a little bit, but they decided not to kind of throw him out there when they didn't need to, especially once things kind of settled down with uh, you know Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent back there. So, no, I think Shaheen Brown. I don't have any doubts. He is what we thought he was going to be. Um, and as far as uh, Deuce Fan, yeah, I mean he's the difference. There is you can use a receiver, I think, in a much more limited capacity. And Deuce has improved. I mean, he's he is so he is so much different. And I just put up a story today at warchant.com. You guys can read a, a, a spotlight piece on him and the camp he's had. You know, coming out of the spring, I think a lot of us thought, okay, maybe in 2023, Deuce Span, who just moved from quarterback to wide receiver, maybe that's going to be when he gets a chance to to help this offense. From what we've seen the first 10 days, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he can help this offense this season. He's six foot four can really fly, has improved his catch passing and his his pass catching and also his route running. I mean, no, he's not a polished wide receiver right now, but I think they're going to find ways to get him the ball. you agree?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, he's good enough now. He's not a, a complete liability where he's just going to run a post when you want him to run a comeback or something like right. that. I don't think he's going to be making silly mistakes where he would be a liability on the field. In fact, I think if you play him early, you might scare a defense into being a little bit more honest uh, in, instead of cheating up against the run or some such thing, because that's what I would do against this Florida State team. I'd make them prove that they can pass with consistency. You put Deuce Span and maybe Johnny Wilson on the field at the same time on different halves of the field. You're giving a defensive coordinator a lot to think about and a lot to work with. So uh, I agree there. And then Shaheen, what's interesting to me, Ira, is, is listening to Mike Norvell's comments this week and specifically, I believe it was last night. It sounds like they'd be content if they rotate the safeties a little bit beyond Akeem Dent and Jamie Robinson. Like if they have to take 10 or 15 snaps a game because the opposing offense is running a lot of plays. Doesn't sound like they're not uncomfortable with that notion that a Shaheen Brown and a Sidney Williams or somebody else may take the field, which is interesting to me. And that's a good sign.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, part of it was and Mike Norvell mentioned it again, we can't part of the deal of us being out of practice is we can't like break news that a certain player didn't take reps a certain day. But Mike Norvell said that, you know, Jamie, you know, missed some time early in camp. It was nothing serious. And, uh, you know, when he was out, um, you know, they were rotating in some of the other safeties. And Sidney Williams, who started in the past, I thought he he did well. Shaheen Brown did really well. Pac-Man, Jarquez McClellan, uh played well as well, had some really nice days. So I think they do feel pretty good about the depth at safety. And so it's not a situation where those two guys have to play 70 or 80 snaps. Uh, I think they've got good depth there.
1: David, want to thank you for your contribution to the program tonight. If you've got a question, and I see you're saying you're tennis ump, thank you very much, sir. Uh, if you've got a question, Matthew will flag it, and we'll see if we can answer it for you. Next up on our questions, what you got for us? From Dustin, does Florida State have a receiver hit 500 yards this year? I,
0: he's not He's not asking for much.
1: That's yes. The answer is yes. Come on, Ira, right? Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think the passing game is going to be better. You've gotten much better on the offensive line. You got much better wide receiver, and you have a quarterback who's going to be much more confident. Um, so yeah, and I and I think of play callers that are going to be more confident in him, in um, Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins. I think they're going to be more confident in what Jordan could do. And you've got bigger play type receivers, you know Johnny Wilson and uh, you know Micah Pittman, but but obviously in Deuce Band, I mean, those are guys that can hit home runs. Uh, they really haven't had that the last few years, and so you're getting it twelve yards a pop. You know, now you're, I think you're going to get some chances at some 40, some 50 yarders.
1: I think they might have two. There you go. I said, do wow. two guys go over 500 yards in a season? What is this? <laughs> this is weird. If FSU's pass offense looks like a real pass offense and has the stats to go with it. Rooney Noel asks, what is more likely? Travis finishes as a top two ACC quarterback or FSU finishes the regular season with nine plus wins? Um, one might lead to the other, but uh, Ira, I'll let you answer first.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you're going to evaluate the top two quarterbacks um, because Jordan's so different. He's going to have a lot of rushing yards, and there's and he does things that open up things for the for the running backs that you can't really calculate. I would say the nine wins, just because I mean, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks in this league, and like I said earlier, it wouldn't shock me if this team found a way to win nine games. I mean, here's the thing: there, they're, some of the teams they play are not going to always play great games, and I think this team is so much more improved that I think they it's a possibility of getting there. So. I'm I put that as more likely, uh, but the other – I mean, again, I just don't know how you'd evaluate it.
1: Yeah, that's a tough – I mean, this year in the ACC, that's a tall task for yeah. Jordan to, to – I mean,
0: Sam out. Hartman's going to throw for 4,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, the You know, Van Dyke kid's going to throw for – I mean, there, there's just a lot of yeah. – quarterbacks throwing for a lot. I mean, they, the Finley kid, what do you have, 35 touchdowns and yeah, Leary. five picks? Oh, Leary, yep. Uh, Leary yeah.
1: Yep, yeah. Um, for yeah, NC State. I mean, they're coming back with a lot in the trenches year over year. So you would imagine he's got the time to produce numbers like that again. The kid out in Virginia—that's a—that's a tall task. But nine plus wins, I think, if you get turnover luck and your injury luck is okay too, then yeah, that's much more attainable than than Jordan being a uh, top two quarterback. Uh, what's next for us on Sunday? Smash. Brandon asks, given the reality that Mike Norvell was handed a, a, a soup sandwich. All right, nice self self-censorship there Brandon during COVID what do you think is holding this fan base back from fully supporting Mike Norvell wins uh but go ahead Ira is there more to it
0: you know I don't know that I you know I think it's a it's a combination of things the the probably the biggest thing that is hurting him I think to some degree is is the the lack of big-time recruits um I think that that is something that would be a sign I think a better sign to FSU fans that, okay, this guy can get it done. Because again, you know, I don't know that everybody was convinced Jimbo could be the guy when he came in under, I mean, I remember talking to some longtime fans who were not sure at all that Jimbo Fisher was going to be the, the right guy after Bobby Bowden. But when he started signing the Greg Reeds and Jeff Lukes and, and you know, all these, and then Jameis and that class of Mario Edwards, and you start stockpiling five stars, people realize, okay, this guy's going to get us players. I mean, And even if he can't coach them, he could be our Ron Zook. We can get rid of him and bring in our our Urban Meyer and win national titles. The problem for Mike Norvell has been he's he's had to he's had to fight through that COVID year, fight through all the you know coming off of Willie's tenure and the end of Jimbo's tenure, and recruiting has not been as strong for him. Uh, I think he's recruited well from the standpoint of they've evaluated really well. I like the players they brought in. I think they've done a really great job from in the transfer portal. I think you can't say enough about what they've done the portal the last two years, but. I think one of the things that gets fans excited is when you start landing, you know, if they can get a Hakeem Williams, and maybe we'll talk to Michael about him later, you know, five star receiver. If you can start getting more of those guys, um, because I think, you know, they got some late last signing period, but the Travis Hunter debacle just kind of soured everything. Mm -hmm. You know, after that happened, they got Azaria Thomas, they got Sam McCall. Well, Sam McCall was early, but they got Azaria Thomas, you got Julian Armella, but nothing could get the taste out of the mouth from that Travis Hunter debacle. So I think that the recruiting piece, to me, is something that fans really want to see.
1: Well, and, and David commented this, and Matthew put it up, that they've been burned a couple of times, too, sure. with the end of Jimbo's tenure and Willie's. So you might be a little slower to trust, and you don't – I mean, you see a loss to Jacksonville State. If you're a casual FSU fan, you're saying, same old nonsense. It's just a different guy on the sidelines. But I got to say, with, with all of that as a qualifier, Ira, I feel like the fan base has been pretty reasonable this offseason. Nobody's asking for 10 wins or demanding, I should say, 10 or 11 wins this year. They're saying get to eight and let's see incremental improvement. There are times when I think the fan base is being completely unreasonable. I don't think the general consensus uh, really is this offseason. They're just looking for improvement and proof that you're moving in the right direction. Do you agree with that? Because you've been around a lot of cycles with this fan base, more so than me. I feel like they've been pretty good this offseason.
0: It's just just so hard to – to differentiate between the vocal people on Twitter yep. who I think are very negative. There's a, there's a large group on social media and also on the message boards because that's what gets, you know, being negative is just, I mean, it's reality. It's what kind of gets people going. It gets yep. conversation going. Um, so I think there's a pretty negative element uh, in the fan base that's on social media and the message boards. But talking to people in the community, I think, you know, long-time fans, things like that. I think there are a lot of people that, that, that like what he's doing but I don't know that there's a. I, I don't get a sense of like a huge 100 percent confidence. This is no question going to be. I was talking to somebody uh, this weekend, a, a former player um, who was telling me that you know he he just wants him to get as long enough. He wants him to get enough time. Yeah. You know, he wants him to get even if they're not more better than six and six this year, seven and five. He wants to. Uh, you know, obviously they're seven and five. He's fine, but if they're six and six or, or five and seven, he wants Mike Norvell to get more time because he thinks he he could be the guy. But he doesn't necessarily 100% believe he is the guy. Right. I don't. I don't know. If there's a huge part of the fan base that is like, you know, just 100% behind Mike Norvell. I think there's a big chunk that is hopeful. I think there's a, uh, and they like what he's done and they're hopeful. And then there's a, you know, decent amount of people who are just kind of like, and it's it's it needs to start coming.
1: Yeah. For me, and and for those of us that can see practice, it's just a fact that they're better. Every camp they get yeah. better. The question is, are they are they good enough? And has the improvement come far enough that you know he can stay ahead of the curve? And he being Mike Norvell. The good thing is, if you're a part of one chunk of the fan base or another chunk of the fan base, we love all of you, all FSU fans, for a buck. Ira's like, that's a good segue, Tom. Nice job. Well done. That's one dollar. One dollar for the year. Come on now. You're going to be wowed by what we bring you at Warchant.com. You'll really enjoy the On3 network and how it makes the uh, recruiting offerings uh, and the recruiting coverage more robust. Uh, we've got a great roundtable on warchant.com this week with Michael Langston and national recruiting writers like Chad Simmons talking about where FSU stands. Give it a shot, folks. You will not be disappointed. If you've been a YouTube subscriber and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to drop a full year subscription with Warchant, here's your chance. Head to warchant.com right now. We've got a link in the comments that'll sign you up, get you three quarters of the way there. Thank you all for your support. Uh, I see we got another contribution also from Marcus. My man Marcus, he's a Philly fan, but that's okay. We forgive him. Thanks for the show. Where is the biggest improvement in special teams, and uh, where are we the same? Thanks, fellas. Go Knowles. That's a toughie, Marcus, because they don't go full live, at least in front of us in special teams. They did it during the scrimmage, which I found interesting. But from what we can glean, Ira, what have you seen with the special teams?
0: I mean, I, look, I, I thought their biggest problem last year was the personnel. Um, and, and they're changing some things that are, they're trying to work on some different things in terms of getting the return game going. But I thought the biggest problem was they didn't have good returners. Uh, I thought, you know, they had some guys were too tentative on kickoff returns. Some guys that were too tentative going to catch the ball on punts. I mean, they just, I thought they got in their heads, they lost their confidence and they just weren't any good at, at catching or returning kicks and punts. I think you've got better guys now. Micah Pittman, is a much better punt returner than anybody they had. He averaged 10 yards of punt return last year, and he'll go get it. He's not afraid to go get the ball. Uh, at kickoff returns. I mean, I th- you know, Deuce Span apparently had a nice kickoff return last night at the scrimmage, but they also – Trey Benson lo- has looked good there. They're working in a bunch of different guys. And so, again, you're, you're some answers are schemes. Some answers are techniques and fundamentals. Some answers are get better players. I think they've got better players in the return game.
1: Yeah, that's the hope, is that your personnel is deeper, so therefore better players are on the field in special teams. And Mike's eyes lit up a couple of times last night when relaying what happened in the scrimmage. One was when he talked about Tate Rodemaker's performance. He couldn't help himself there. And then the other was talking about Deuce Band being visible in multiple facets, and one of those facets was the return game. So whatever he did when they went live, It must have been pretty impressive, and he's got the speed, obviously, to turn some heads. Should be interesting to see, Marcus. My answer briefly is I'll believe it when I see it outside of punt returns. I know that Mike is going to go flag down footballs and catch them, so you won't be seeing that thing roll 20 or 30 yards as long as it's not a shank off the foot of the punter. Beyond that, they got to prove it. Next up now on Sunday, Smash, presented by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Another question. This is from Till Dog. Am I the only one who thinks they should find more ways to get the ball to Ja'Kai Douglas? This is a good one. This is a timely question. He's shown that he can be electric in the open field. Well, Till Dog, Mike Norvell alluded to it last night, so we can talk about it openly, uh, that they did use him at running back a little bit. So Ja'Kai Douglas is lining up in different parts of the field. We did see that before the scrimmage. Glad Mike said it. It's not something that happens you know all the time but they they want to find ways like you're asking for it seems like that's on Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins radar.
0: yeah, I'm curious about what what role Ja'Kai has in this team because you know he obviously had some big plays last year you know obviously a couple of huge catches. Um, he played quarterback in high school so he had the ball in his hands so you'd think that that skill is going to be there in terms of making things happen with the ball in his hands. But have we seen that much? We really haven't seen that. Like his big plays have been catches down the sideline or, you know, wheel routes, things like that. Um, I know he's been getting used to playing wide receiver, um, but but I'd like to see more of that. You know, they tried him at kickoff returns, and I, he did not look very assertive at it. Um, and so I think that's there, but I don't know that we've seen it. I don't know if you – I don't know. How do you feel about it?
1: No, I think just in general, he's got a chemistry with Jordan Travis. So, you know, I think that's what gives him a chance to to see more t- like the end result. I'm talking about the result, not necessarily the process of what they're doing right now. Um, this, If there's one thing this group can scheme in the pass game, it's a it's a rail route or a wheel route and get somebody in one on one matchup. And Jordan's very good at throwing the ball outside the numbers for that particular throw, what they're asking of the quarterback he can deliver. I just wonder – I'm starting to get worried because I had him pretty high in my top 40, Ira, because I just thought even if he's on the field for 15 snaps, one of those may be a house call, and therefore even though he's not a starter per se, he might be really valuable, and therefore he's, he's a top 40 player. But I'm starting to wonder if, if chemistry might not be developing with other receivers, and, and that'll be something fascinating to watch this week because Coach Norvell did say last night that after they assessed the film, they might do some shuffling and maybe put some guys in some different spots, meaning that players have earned reps with a right. different team. It'll be interesting to see where the receivers go from here because that, that was a hot topic in the spring. It's still one now. Um, for me, I thought Johnny Wilson came on last week and had had a solid week of practice. What do you think about where that room stands behind Michael Pittman? Because Ja'Kai Douglas would factor in as one of the others. He wouldn't necessarily be well, a starter, but h- how would you sort it so far?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Anytime a player kind of starts working in another position, what you – the natural inclination is to be to assume, okay, they must not feel really good about that position, so they're trying to add some strength to that position. So you, you would say, okay, do they need help at running back? Is that why you'd put Ja'Kai right. Douglas there or something? I don't think that's it. I think you might be right. I think they, they may feel like that other guys have emerged at wide receiver, and so now let's get back, him back some at wide receiver. We want running back some because we want him on the field. We think he needs to be one of the 11 guys on the field a good bit, but maybe – We have some other options at wide receiver. So I think that might speak to – and I could be wrong, but I think it might speak to how they feel about the receiver group. And, I mean, I think Johnny Wilson has been what I hoped he would be. You know, in the spring he did have some drops, um, some consistency issues. I think we all knew the talent was there. and We wondered what he would look like. I think he looks much better. I mean, there there are times in practice where it's like, man, boom, boom, two or three catches in a row, and you're like, dude, this guy – I mean, it's, this is legit. Um, you know, what Deuce Span has done, Malik McLean's continued to get better. I mean, they have a lot of guys now at that receiving core. Micah Pittman, obviously. Um, it seems like Micah Pittman's kind of picked it up the first week. We were out a little bit – we did a roundtable at warchant.com where we kind of – a few of us said we, we were expecting more from Micah Pittman. That seems like it's turned around. And he's having a bigger impact now. So so maybe that's what they're doing with Ja'Kai is just trying to find more ways. And we all know the way they use running backs, they sometimes use running backs as – is, is, is slot receivers, and the, they'll, they'll do different things. They'll send certain guys out onto the field to to let the defense know what the personnel is, but that may not be how they line up.
1: Yeah, if, if you're good and, and you can make plays, they're going to find a spot for you on the field. I mean, it's a great point, Ira, because you brought it up in last year's situation with what they had. They put multiple running backs on the field, sometimes as many as three at a time, and in this situation this year, they might have more balance, but the idea is no matter what, if Ja'Kai flexes from receiver back to running back, this is not a, an offense or a philosophy Mike Norvell's philosophy is not that this is the position you play therefore that's the only place you line up. You're going to move around. We've seen it with tight ends, you're going to see it with the receivers. It's just a, it's it's what he did at Memphis, it's what he's going to continue to do at Florida State as he gets more skill position players. It's put guys in weird spots by traditional football standards, but you're going to get matchups. That's that's the philosophy of the offense and hopefully we see a lot more of that with Jakai Douglas and others this season. Next up, on Sunday Smash on Warchant TV hit the like button underneath this video if you haven't done so already please we're enjoying the conversation and thank you guys in the chat for advancing the discussion william you don't have to apologize for being late it's okay this thing's on dvr so you can go back and catch it at the end uh on on youtube or on facebook live
0: uh, but you 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 need to go back and watch all the stuff we talked about destin hill in the scrimmage uh you'll have to go back it was earlier in the earlier in the broadcast
1: <laughs> yeah uh destin hill is uh, it's, we're done. We're done talking about destiny. Respectfully, of course, William. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, no po tall. We'll go with that. Will Trey Benson match Corbin's production, or will his yards be divided between the three backs? Corbin's yards. That is, I've got an opinion on this, but go ahead, Ira. What do you think?
0: No, I want to hear yours, man, because I'm kind of at a loss on this. Because I look, I there's no question. Trey Benson to me has a much higher ceiling than Jay Sean Corbin. Jay Sean Corbin left early for the NFL. Great kid. Love him. Thought he gave FSU everything they could ask for those last two, those two years after he transferred in, but he didn't get drafted because he doesn't have elite measurables. Um, I think for an NFL running back, Trey Benson, I think does. So I think Trey Benson's top end is going to be higher. I think Trey Benson is going to be an NFL back, but uh, you know, we, I don't know that we've seen enough. I haven't seen enough to know, like, is he going to be as consistent as Jay Sean was? Jay Sean did a lot of little things. He got so many tough yards in different situations. So I'm not ready to say he's going to be more productive this season, but I know a lot of people do think that, and, and uh, I'm curious if you do.
1: So here's the hard thing, and I just had a mini Brown out of the house. It's a miracle the internet is still working. If I'm lost, i lost, we'll, we'll go right to Michael Langston, Matthew, if, if I lose power here with the, the, the electricity outside. Uh, go right to Michael and Ira and talk to him. But uh, here's my thought is is, you know, ideally they gave Corbin, what was it, probably between like 11 and 15 touches a game as a running back, something like that. And he produced 880 plus yards last year. Um, I wonder if Benson's going to get enough touches. If he does, if Trey gets between 10 and 12, carries a game, he's going to replicate, if not exceed that production, in my opinion. But Treshawn Ward's had a good camp too. Like, you know, Trey Benson looks like a prototypical NFL back, but it's not like he's going to a place that Trayshawn Ward isn't neck and neck with. So it's hard for me to assume especially if this offense is going to be more balanced as well. It's hard for me to assume that you're going to give Trey Benson that many carries a game. I don't think you'd be wrong to, Ira. It's just hard for me to think that he's going to get four carries a game.
0: And then the other part of it is got Lawrence Toffili, who they feel like continues to get better. And Rodney Hill, the freshman, I think is going to be a factor. And I think they didn't have that. You didn't have a Rodney Hill in that backfield last year. And I think he's a guy you can use situationally to make some big plays because he is lightning quick. Um, you know, zero to 60 in a second. And uh, I think they're going to find ways to get him the ball too. So yeah, Trey Benson, I, again, I think his upside's better. He may be a better player. I just don't know how, you know, if he, I don't know that he's going to have 18, 20 carries a game. I would be surprised if he did.
1: Next up on Sunday smash right here on WarChan TV with Tate improving as much as Mike is saying he is uh, how he is. How short or long is Travis leash? Okay. How, okay. How much of a leash does Jordan Travis have with Tate Rodemakers improvements? Uh, on the second team, my answer is quite a bit of leash. Yeah. Uh, but yeah your
0: thoughts? I don't know how long a leash can be, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as long as any starting quarterback, I mean, you know, again, I, you want to get into hypotheticals every starting qu- Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, if he goes out and throws four picks and a half, they may make a change. Um, everybody's got a leash, um, but it's a long, long leash. I mean, I, there's no, you know, again, there's no, I don't have any sense at all. Tate's throwing the ball really well. He yep. has had a really good camp. I like Tate a lot. I think you got to feel good that you actually have a backup quarterback that could come in and your season's not over if something happened to the starter. But to me, there's no question that Jordan's a starter and I, it would have to be something, you know, just awful, you know, in terms of performance for them to make a move, I think.
1: Yeah, there's a huge difference between Tate doing well and us at practice going, Um, is this happening? Right. right. You know, he's pushing for the starter's reps. And and Tate doing well like he is right now. We're saying, all right, that's that's nice. That's gonna work in, in a pinch, but it's still Jordan's job. If it ever gets to that point, folks, we'll tell you. We'll talk about man. I, I think Tate's pushing for the job, but we are not there by any means. There's a great video this week on Warchant TV that you can go find. It's a discussion on seminal headlines between Ira Corey and Jeff, and they were talking about that. Like that Tate is throw for throw probably better but that's not what this offense calls for and it's not like jordan isn't making throws either so um that's where the quarterback thing stands right now i don't think anybody's changing the starter or penciling in somebody different on the two deep z chan welcome back one of the uh the pillars here on war chan tv evening to you sir what would you say our average yards per game passing will be Ooh, that's a toughie. three weeks to go that is correct z chan three weeks under three weeks until kickoff
0: thanks z chan appreciate it man um yeah, I mean, you'd like to see it, I, you know. Again, with Jordan's running ability and the the running of this offense, you know, I, I think it's somewhere between two twenty five to two forty, somewhere in there. I think is reasonable. Uh, I don't. I'm not expecting him to throw for over two hundred fifty a game. Uh, I just, again, I think that you know, it's the the running game is going to be this, the better bread and butter of this offense, including Jordan's running. So that's that's where I'm thinking. I you know, I don't know. I'm not expecting. Any exorbitant passing numbers?
1: No, I think they might be better passing in the red zone because of the running attack. So you might see some touchdown production spike uh, because I think they're going to have balance inside the 20-yard line. Uh, but in terms of production per game, I'm not expecting 300 yards from Travis per night. I think a season goal in 12 games of somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 yards is is right there. They're going to hit explosive plays, I think, Ira. Though that's, I think with more consistency right. in the passing game because the, the uh, offensive line I think is much better at – run blocking this year. I think you might see some of those longer completions more consistently, but I don't, I don't think hey. I had on two fifty a game.
0: And with Micah Pittman, you're going to short field all the time. So you don't, you know, you don't have to go 80 yards to score.
1: It's amazing what you can do with 20 to 30 yards of field position. We're going to find that out this year when the other team is punting. Jeremy, thank you very much for your contribution to the program. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, we'll see you soon for the season. Our next question. And we've got time for one or two more before Michael Langston comes in to talk some recruiting here on Sunday smash. From Mark Cannon, we keep hearing about the Jared Verse side, but how is uh, other production at defensive end going? I'll start with this very quickly because you can call it the War Chant Roundtable bump. The guy I said I needed to see more out of was Derek McClendon. And within about, oh, I don't know, 20 periods of practice, I thought, whoops, that's my bad. Uh, J- McClendon had a really, really good week, I thought. What do you think, Ira?
0: Yeah, he yeah. And I like Dennis Briggs a lot. Um, you know, Again, I think that position – is gonna be gonna be fine. I think the I don't think the drop-off from Keir Thomas to Dennis Briggs is that significant. And I also think, you know, Derek McClendon, Jared Verse, I think are gonna do a really good job. But you know, there is gonna be a drop-off from Jermaine Johnson. It's just the reality of it. And Jared Verse is super talented, um, but he is super green in the sense that Jermaine Johnson had played two full seasons in the Southeastern Conference. He played a t- he played in SEC championship games, he played against all the best schools in the country. And so he was polished as a pass rusher and as a run defender because he had seen it all gone up against great players. Jared Verse was at Albany. He, he did have a – I think they played Syracuse. I mean, he has played against Power 5 players, but not consistently, not week in, not week out. So I think there's going to be some growing pains. But Jared Verse has all the talent in the world. I just don't think we're going to see it right away.
1: Yeah, with Jared, I think he knows what, what offenses are trying to do to him. I think his issue this year will be getting greedy. And, and, you know, it's not – there's a difference between not having the acumen and, and you know, things are happening to you and you just you can't pull the trigger. It's like if you always crash on a zone read or something like that. Florida State's had defensive ends that have done that in the past. He knows what's being done. It's just I think sometimes his hand might get caught in the cookie jar, but he's going to make splash plays too. Right. Uh, McClendon's a good player. Again, I, he had a really good week. Um, I think that the good thing about this crew this year, Ira, is you've got specialists for certain situations. Like if you're facing a run-heavy team, Having Briggs and maybe Leonard Warner on the field is not the worst thing in the world. They're going to have to do it yeah. with strength in numbers.
0: Well, and they also and they also have a couple of young guys that I'd keep an eye out for. Again, you may you may only see it in, you know, maybe the you might see it du, against Duquesne. You might see it in some of the, the other games. You're not, you might not see it against LSU, but Patrick Payton, and I really like the freshman Dante Anderson. Um, I think those guys are are talented pass rushers. Patrick Payton's a redshirt freshman. I think you're gonna see those guys when they get opportunities. Uh, show an ability to get after the passer, too.
1: Yeah, in a situation like Duquesne, I don't know if anybody is fast enough to stop Peyton if he just wants to take the uh, the long way around. He's been yeah. so yeah. quick in practice. And and if it's third and forever, uh, they might be wise to get a guy like that on the field already. Last question comes from Billy. Besides AZ and Sam McCall, who had a pick last night, McCall did. Uh, do you think any other true freshman can make a significant impact this year? What do you think, Ira?
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I think Rodney Hill's gonna gonna make an impact because he's got a unique skill set, uh, and he seems to be a real professional approach for a freshman. Um, I think uh, the, uh, I mean, I think Brian Courtney. Somebody asked about Brian Courtney. It's tight end. He's he's a natural pass catcher. I mean, Corey. Every day when we're out there, Corey just gets excited every time. Anytime Corey sees somebody catch a pass, he's like, "Who is it?" And he and he knows it's Brian Courtney because Brian Courtney just has. Yeah. He just looks like, for a guy that played quarterback and some linebacker and defensive end in high school, he looks like a natural pass catcher. I think he wouldn't be surprised if he gets out there. I, you know, some of the, you know, Julian Armella, I, I'm curious to see what they do with him. Uh, I don't know if they'll, you know, try to work him in and get reps throughout games here and there because he doesn't look like he's far away from being able to play at this level uh, yeah. as a really talented freshman. There, there's a few other guys as well, but but those are a few that come up the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I think Omar Graham too, maybe with special yeah. teams, uh, and then because that counts too, um, and they're really high on him. So I don't know if he's going to make the rotation at linebacker consistently. Certainly not early on in the season. It's just that's probably a lot to ask right now. But I think Omar Graham's going to be a player for him on special teams at minimum, and maybe a guy like uh, Daniel Lyons. I was
0: going to I was going to say that, but I just it's like man, they 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 have five really good defensive tackles. You know, if they if they're going to go to a sixth, I think Daniel Lyons might be that guy. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, I. I think when you go you know, from Coop, Fabian Lovett, Malcolm Ray, Jared Jackson, uh, Farm Josh Farmer, you know, I, I don't know how much further you're gonna go beyond that, but yeah, Daniel Lyons, if if they needed it, there's no doubt he could help. He's he's an impressive freshman.
1: We are eight seconds away from the stroke of seven forty five. Let's bring him on right now. He is the senior recruiting analyst for WarChant.com, and we welcome into Sunday Smash on WarChant TV. It is Michael Langston. Welcome to the program, Michael. How are you?
2: I'm great, man. I'm great. Your Mets won again. Uh, took down the Braves. Take that, Corey. Take that. Uh, but...
1: I was going to take the high road, Michael, and not bring <laughs> that up, but four out of five over the Braves is, is a very good feeling. So thank you for doing that. Brownie points secured, sir. Hey,
0: the uh, by the way, those took, those took two or three from uh, Cameron's Pirates. So. Did you, did you that's, win the bet? That's not, a, that's not quite as impressive as beating the Braves, but we'll take it. <laughs> did, you the,
2: did you win the bet, Ira?
0: I did. did, I, did. I did. He's he's going to owe me uh, some, some red stripe
1: there you go hooray ira hooray beer uh abc fine wine and spirits is where you can find things well there's a tie-in we're on a segue hot streak tonight michael florida state secured the services of a running back that we were talking about in the recruiting chat a week and a half ago and, and somebody with intel said he needs to be offered well the kid's been offered and he said yes to florida state let's talk about uh the new commit before we get to questions about some of the other 23 kids
2: yeah, Samuel. Uh, uh Samuel Singleton. We went over there. We did a special feature on on Sam when uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, the main thing jumps out to you is speed. Um, and and we know how you know David Johnson covets speed, and that's the one thing. That's the thing that jumps out to you. You know about his game. Uh, when he sees a crease, he's gone. Um, so really good vision. Not not so much a a wiggle guy, but uh, certainly a one cut guy can certainly make the cuts, and then and really hit it, uh, hit it going. But uh, obviously they'll have to change a little bit the way his running style is. They don't want to take away the speed, but he runs a little high. So uh, that's something they, they can adjust, but uh, a, a huge pickup uh, for FSU that didn't have a running back, you know, before, uh, you know, Sam popped in with that commitment. It just came, it kind of came out of nowhere, but it kind of didn't because it's kind of like Sam had told me like, Hey, I might want to do something before the season, but um, he wasn't a hundred percent sure. Uh, but I think, I think once he visited FSU officially and visited FSU unofficially early in the year, and then I think he took a visit to Penn State. I think that was unofficial, but I think after that, he just wanted something to compare it to. And I think in the end, um, as we've seen with a lot of these uh, recruitments, vision on where they're going and also relationships was a big deal uh, in this recruitment where they really they started probably around third place and then, and then they really just turned on the, uh, turned on the jets and and got it closed down and then got their back into the class. And they still want a second back, but having one already, it really opens up your options of what you can do and how patient you can be. So getting Sam in the fold was a a major pickup for FSU.
0: I remember uh, then that piece you did during the summer with, with the Aslan going over there, didn't he, didn't he, he talked about how much his mom liked FSU. It just seemed like one of those where you win if you win the mom, the old axiom in recruiting, if you win the mom, you, you might win the player.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't always that way because his mom didn't know how she felt about FSU until she got, you know, got around them, got got to see what Coach Yak was like, what Coach Norvell was like, and uh probably the energy kind of was like, Whoa, what's this? Uh but with Norvell. But I think um I think when she got it see around how they are around the players and then and just just really get to know them personally. I think there was a connection with FSU that she just fell in love with that place and and she loved it. Uh, I think uh, for her preference, I'm not going to speak for her, but it seemed like uh, you know she really loved FSU and that um, he she was more than okay if if Sam picked FSU. But uh, great family, great people, um, and certainly you know one that they desperately needed as far as getting a back on this class. Cause you want to have a back going into the season that just really makes things a little more easy to juggle the other areas. And then, I mean, they've overall a, a, as a unit, um, they're, they're addressing a lot of, uh, key positions that, you know, they need guys, you know, could get another, a, a linebacker, you know, soon. Uh, and then also, you know, if they can get a top receiver to really just lead the class, I, I think, man, they would, uh, they would really be cooking.
0: Is uh, I was go gonna ahead. ask you real quick before you go to that. Is Akeem Williams toying with us, Michael? Is there any <laughs> chance that they're gonna get Akeem Williams?
2: Yeah, there is. Uh, I think they have a, a solid shot. I think that's a guy that he. The fan base, for- the fan base
0: can't take. I guy. know,
2: I know, I know. <laughs> I, I'm not getting. I'm not gonna try to get your hopes up, guys. I'm just telling you from. Intel and everything, you know, there is a realistic solid shot with FSU and him. And everyone's like, why, why would a guy that's a five-star go to FSU who doesn't do crap with receivers or the receivers haven't been good? You know, why would you go there? And I, th- I think there's, there's, there's a lot of things. First of all, Omar Graham's his closest friend. He's really tight with Omar Graham, as you guys alluded to throughout the, you know, about fall practice and, and two, I just think that there's a comfort level of, the way he is when he's at FSU, it just seems different. I mean, people around him have told me that that are close to him that he really likes. Got how he feels around the players. He really likes that kind of what Norvell's doing. If you're out there, he's Norvell's involved in everything. Uh, I think I think a guy like Hakeem likes that that he's so active with so many things with this football program. And then two, just I mean, he knows that he could be the cornerstone of of the receiving group to really. Bump up that unit to really uh, get them where they want to go, and and I'm sure Norville said kind of the message that he said all along is, you know, FSU is built for playmakers. And um and and the thing that shocked me, and I said this to Tom the other week was, uh, when Hakeem went to a practice, he said, "Man, FSU sure does throw the ball a lot." And I was like, "Whoa, that's like the last thing I thought I would hear about. I figured it'd be about the running game, but." He was very impressed of of the quality of of how much they they throw the ball as far as what he saw. And I think it's I I think there's a lot of genuine interest uh, from Hakeem. And and certainly that would that would tear the roof off if you you were able to pull a guy like that, because not only is it South Florida, but it's a position that I think they could use some, you know, insert of talent, you know, as far as getting high skill guys. So I think, uh, you know, hiking will be a really big deal for them. Now, when he decides it's kind of up in the air, it could be for the season, could be during the season. Uh, I know um, he said he's definitely going to take an official visit to FSU. He mentioned the Florida game, but then mentioned how he's going to decide before the Florida game. So I just have a feeling that, you know, he's really going to keep an eye on kind of what they do during the season. I think that's kind of what he said, the only thing left that he needs to see with FSU. I don't think he's a guy that needs to visit FSU and you – Oh, I need to see this or that within the program. I think for Hakeem, it's really just about you know how this product looks on the field. If it's suitable, if it's better, if it's improved. I think they're gonna have a really good shot. That leads to Zach's question. Z Chan, once again, thank you for supporting
1: the program here on War Chan TV. He says he appreciates the insight. I'll answer the second question real quick so we can talk about the bigger picture. Do the wins and losses not matter as much? Oh, they matter. They matter greatly. <laughs> In your opinion, though, Michael, is there a magic number of wins this season that would unlock a different caliber of player? And I'd ask you a follow-up question to that too. So, two questions. Second is how critical is September
2: specifically, September schedule, and making a mark early on? So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll address the September part first because that's kind of I think the most important part. You have a you have a three game stretch. Everyone knows they host Duquesne. That's certainly a winnable game at home. It's your first game. I mean, they should win that game, and then and then after that, you had the big marquee matchup with LSU. That's FSU's second game. That's LSU's first game. I think that's a big deal. Um, and then and then you play Louisville after a bye week. If I'm not mistaken, Ira can correct me if I'm I'm wrong. But uh, bye week, and then you play yeah. Louisville on a short week, so it sets up well as far as the team goes. So, but I think those games are really big. I think if you can come out of that. At the very least, at 2-1, I think it's a positive momentum uh, development for FSU in recruiting because, you know, of say somehow they, they beat Duquesne and then they lose to LSU, but then they beat Louisville. you're still in first place in the ACC. You're, you're right on schedule as far as what you want to do as far as your goals, as far as the ACC. But I think the main thing is show a product that's going to garner attention and excitement. For me, that's show more about the passing game that we've seen and then two, uh, defensively, probably show some more consistency of kind of stopping people's sacks. Um, we know Fuller's good at turnovers, but I kind of – you want to see a more consistent product, I think, overall. But I don't think kids – as far as the second question, I don't think kids necessarily need to see you win 10 games. I think uh, – th- as far as the magic number, as far as what will trickle, I think it's really about who you beat, too, You know, in, in that conversation, that question, because you, know, you could win – Seven or eight games, but if you don't beat, you know, a rival or two in there, I don't think it's going to have as much sting. Or if you don't beat a, you know, national matchup like LSU, Um, but I think for me, what would really push it is like you get to that eight, nine win plateau. I think then you're talking about there's a significant shift where you're you're going to start to see, you know, kids come in and a lot more kids that we haven't, I haven't even talked about that. Hey, I want to visit FSU, man. Uh, What's going on there? What are they What are they doing? I want to see kind of what this program looks like and, and how, how they're, um, you know, what are they doing? You know, I just gave, Garner's interest of kids wanting to see. And I think it really starts. I think if you, even if you win that LSU game, I think immediately, you know, they play, I think Boston college back at home and they go back home. That's a big game where I think you could see some kids that probably weren't there before. They're going to jump over there and say, Hey, I want to check out FSU just alone on that LSU game. That's how big that game is from a national uh, landscape. Uh, so, Michael, it's it's technically the
1: dead period, but there's still a lot going on. If you could just, uh, yeah, there it is. That chuckle tells everything. <laughs> so if you could, you know, just kind of describe to everybody who's watching right now, uh, what exactly is it that you can do and can accomplish recruiting-wise, and are there some important dates coming up that, uh, you know, FSU? Fans can <coughs> can
2: well, I mean, you they can call kids. I think it's unlimited calling where you can call and text and, and stuff like that. Obviously, there's no in-person contact since you're in a dead period. But you can you can talk to them over the phone. You can you can do that stuff. Obviously, people know August first they all sent out the official offers, so they have official offers now. So you know a, a lot is kind of picked up once you see who, who who gets an official offer and stuff like that. But I think uh, I think the date really is just uh, you know that first game for FSU. I think uh, you'll have some guys. I think Rodry Kearney's told me he's coming. I think Singleton said he's probably going to come that same weekend as well. So I think you'll see some guys in there mostly commits that are they're coming over that's kind of really the date uh as far as things really open for business i guess you could say but i think right now it's mostly just um dissecting what guys they're going to go out because you know the quarterback position is a position that you know certainly didn't fall the way they wanted to they want they yeah, felt I was, like
0: i was going to bring that up because there's yeah, a couple yeah. questions in the chat about the quarterbacks yeah. and, and we where do you see that? How do you see that playing out?
2: Yeah, I think they're going to be patient with that because it's like, okay, we wanted Brock Glenn. Uh, their, their their initial thing was we wanted Brock Glenn, and then they felt like that was going to happen, and then it didn't happen. Obviously, Ohio State came in there late, offered, pushed, and gave him the green light, and then he jumped on board. And then, um, so I think they were they were kind of counting on that. Not that they were putting all their eggs in that, but I think it's now like they're going to see how the regular season or or how some of these early games go, evaluate these kids. You'll get a kid in and I still stand by the thing I feel is like, which is more likely that you get a high school kid and then later after the season, you might get a transfer. I mean, I just think that's more likely because getting two high school kids as we've seen with Chris Parson is, is a tricky thing. And I think they've only done it once. I think they did it with DeAndre Francois and DeAndre Johnson. That's the only time I can remember FSU being able to pull that off. And it's just not, like you're talking about quarterbacks and quarterbacks are the leader of the class. And it's like, you're talking about personalities and it's just really difficult to get two kids that, yeah. um, you know, certainly, you know, are top, top notch guys. And so, uh, now
0: yeah, the you guy- might be, you might be able to get like when Chubba and Tate came in, Tate yeah. wasn't as highly recruited. So okay. maybe yeah, that I works out. That. I forgot but, about that one. But the one thing I was going to say, the reason I agree with you hundred percent, and I was, when I was talking to that club down in, uh, in, uh, Central Florida yesterday, I was saying to them same thing. I think, you know, look, Jordan Travis, if he has a really good year, like a very good year, high-level play, and he gets to play all 12 games, I do think there's a good chance he's going to try to see what he can do in the NFL. Yeah, and right. I think at that point, I think Florida State's a very attractive – if they have a good season, if they have a good enough season where Jordan Travis thinks he's going to go to the NFL, now Florida State's going to be an attractive position for a transfer because there would right. be an open battle – you know, this past year, everybody wanted them to get a, a, a right. transfer quarterback, but you're bringing back Jordan Travis. I don't know how many people yep. were lining up to go compete with a kid who just won five of his last seven games. So you'd have this would I think this and if you get if some of these receivers do Span and Trey Benson and Micah Pittman and all these guys are producing, I think you're gonna I think they're gonna be one of the more attractive targets for a for a transfer quarterback. So I agree with you. 100%. Yeah, and
2: that's that. That was kind of my you know people ask me that all the time. Why did they go out there transfer quarterback? It's like uh, first of all, what they went through with McKenzie is certainly not going to leave you a lot of confidence that 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 backfire That was just horrible. It was. And two, you got new receivers coming in. So you want the quarterback to be, you know, you got to have one that's stable and experienced in there that knows. And that's why I kind of understood what they were doing, you know, with Jordan coming back. So I agree with Yara that you have a good pass a year. We're not talking about out of this world. We're not talking about Patrick Mahomes, chiefs numbers. We're just you just want to see. Uh, uh, improve uh, upstick as far as what or upgrade of what they're doing from the passing game. And the kids see that. I think, I think the rest of the offense kind of can take care of itself. But um, I think really that's the key of what, you know, what Hakeem is going to look for. Naturally, I'm not going to bull crap. Tom wins, you know, they got to win some games, you know, to impress these top guys like like Hakeem. But uh, I think uh, certainly, you know, uh, the product on the field is important. Winning, obviously it's always the number one thing.
1: Michael, what do you have coming up this week on warchant.com that all FSU fans can sign up for for just $1 for the year? What's coming up this week?
2: Yeah, we uh I'm probably going to try to get up with a few few prospects just call them that we've you know we're going to follow up with from Seminole showcase. I'm also working on my my feature I do with Friday night rewind. That's kind of I'm trying to figure out the layout So we're trying to figure that out. That's kind of, for those that don't know what the rewind is, it's basically a tracker of all the stats for, you know, the FSU commits and FSU targets. I usually put some 2023, even though some 2024 guys on there. So I'm trying to put that together. It's going to probably take me a week or so.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up when you talked about with Sam Singleton because, um, and again, for people that haven't been on the site before, the the way it works is, you know, they play their high school games mostly Friday nights now, some other nights of the week too. But mm-hmm. um, then Michael gets, you know, talks to all his people, and gets stats for all these guys, and compiles them through the year. So you see week one, week two, week right. three, every week yep. how these guys have done yep. rushing numbers, tackle numbers, interception numbers, those types of things. All basically, it's all the FSU targets yep. uh, on one file. So that's that's in uh, what he said with the new website, we've got to get the formatting right so that it looks yep. good and is clean. So he's yep. that's one of his big tasks this week.
2: Yeah, I'm working on that. It's probably, I think it'll take me about a week or so. I'm already done with 2023. If you want, anyone wants to update that? That's what I'm, I'm, I just finished 2023. So I'm going to throw 2024, guys. And it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time consumption. But it's like when you get done with the first one, it kind of makes it easy when the, and I, th- I think it's just easy for FH uh, fans to follow. And I know I was going to look at it for me and tell me what looks good and it's cool and, I see. That's how I know we're doing well. Is when I don't get a call back from Ira. It's like, man, we're 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 kicking it. We're we're doing it. But uh, um, I just want to tell all the people, all the FSU fans, jump on board. You know, this is uh everything's. Uh, I love it. We we love everything that's going on. Uh, it's we're having a lot of fun. As people can see with a lot of my gifts on the message board. So it's fun. We're loving it. And uh, so we want all the FSU fans to jump on board with, you know, a dollar. I mean, can't beat that. For the insights you got tonight and more, make sure to head to
1: Warchant.com or use the link we have in the comments right now on Warchant TV because it will take you to a sign-up page. All FSU fans, we welcome you to Warchant.com for a year for just a dollar. He is the Senior Recruiting Analyst for Warchant.com. His name is Michael Langston. Michael, thanks, man. We appreciate you stopping by, and uh, we look forward to the finished product of that little you, tracker.
0: You got thanks, it, man. Buddy. Thank
2: me. you, bud.
1: That was Michael Langston. You are watching Sunday Smash right here on War Chant TV. He's Ira Chaffeele. My name is Tom Lang. Hit the thumbs up underneath this video if you haven't. Please, it helps us find more FSU fans who we want to tell about the greatness of Warchant TV. And, and we're covering it from head to toe this week. As football camp starts bright and early tomorrow, stretch around 8.50 a.m. here in Tallahassee. Uh, Ira, any final thoughts on coverage and uh, maybe some topics that happened this week or what things that we're looking forward to in the week ahead? What can people expect from us on the website and right here on WarChant TV? Yeah,
0: and a couple of quick things I saw in chat. A couple of people asked about uh, Sidney Williams. Somebody came in late and asked about him. They said they haven't heard much about him, and we haven't written much about him. Uh, you know, he's been in the, at Florida State now for three or four years. He's in the rotation at safety. Uh, we did talk about him briefly when he, you know, he, he hasn't gotten some opportunities, um, and he's there. I mean, he's playing. A, he hasn't done anything sensational where you're like, okay, Sidney Williams is, is pushing Akeem Dent or, or Jamie Robinson for a starting job, but he is in that rotation. He's a solid guy. I think they feel good about a Good teammate. Everybody likes him, and he's doing well out there. It's just not the kind of thing we write about a lot because there's not really a position battle there. Um, and uh, But as far as um, this week, yes, yeah, this is going to be a huge week I, I because they get back to practice tomorrow. They practice every day this week, and then Thursday and Friday, they go over to Jacksonville. Aslan and Corey are going to go over and cover the practice, cover the practices in Jacksonville for us, and uh, we'll have full coverage out there just like if they were in town. But this is going to be a hard week because it's, you know, again, it's like six practices in a row, including the scrimmage on Saturday. You're now into the dog days of camp. It's easy, I think, for players to be real excited the first week of camp. Now you're, they've been in pads now for about a week. They just had a scrimmage. They're going to be sore today, I'm sure, and then they've got to get back at it tomorrow. Every day this week, then go to Jacksonville. If you guys remember from the trip to Jacksonville last week, a big part of what they did there was be uncomfortable. They stayed in, you know, dorms on campus that were cramped. They didn't have the normal beds that they have where they, you know, a lot of these guys are six foot seven, six foot eight, six foot five, and they need long beds. They didn't have that. They don't have their normal creature comforts uh, as they do at home. So it's kind of a roughing it situation when they go over to Jacksonville and uh, so I think that's going to be challenging. And then they have a scrimmage on Saturday. So the, the big thing I'm looking for this week is to hear how the players are handling that aspect of it, what Mike Norvell is saying, and what his assistant coaches are saying about how the kids are responding to that. Because if they can fight through this week and still perform at a high level, I think that's a good sign.
1: Yeah, there might be a little bit more chippy uh, moment okay. this week in practice because, yeah, you get you get sick and tired of it. It's one of the cliches of camp. I want to hit somebody else in a different jersey or somebody in a different jersey. Uh, we'll see if that's something that that crops up this week, but we're going to have it covered for you right here on Warchant TV, head to toe. We got Wake Up Warchant to kick off the week. It'll be right here on Warchant TV, also on all your podcast platforms. Uh, early tomorrow morning, we're going to be live every day, one to three p.m. right here on Warchant TV with the Jeff Cameron Show, Monday, Wednesday through Friday, and the Great Incomparable Seminal Headlines. That's on Tuesday. Corey won't be heading to Jacksonville yet; he'll be local uh, with Ira and Jeff. One o'clock again, right here on WarChant TV. And remember, head to warchant.com right now, one dollar for a year. You're gonna love our coverage this fall. If you've never been to the proper website, you've only been on this channel, you are going to absolutely love all the things we bring to the table, whether it be the proper content that we have on the front page or on the message boards or the recruiting side of things, you're gonna love what you see. So give us a shot, won't you please? It's a buck for the year. Please do so. All right, Ira, it's uh, time to wrap it up tonight. Uh, what is going to be – let's see. Who is going to be the second person at practice tomorrow morning? I know you're going to be the first one there. I'm
0: the, <laughs> not nice uh, for, for our contingent, right? Because there's other yep. media out there that, yes, that yes. beat me out there. Um, uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with uh, maybe Aslan Hajivandi. Okay. I'm going to give Aslan the nod. But it could be you. How are you feeling? It could be.
1: I, I'm, I'm okay. Um, the wife's on the men, so I'm a little bit more freed up to get out there earlier, uh, which is good news. Um, there's bugs going around in Tallahassee right now, so I'm glad yeah. that uh, the house here is a little bit more – the air is clear. Uh, but and, I'm- uh,
0: Real quick, Eric Angel actually, earlier, very early when I mentioned I had COVID last month, said he was uh, hope it went well. It actually did. I, I was had a much better COVID experience than most people, so I uh, appreciate the thought, though, Eric. I know, Tom, you did for the most part. I know Jamie's had it a little rougher. But
1: um, she had it was almost like a couple years ago, one of those strains. But uh, we are on the mend, and uh, yeah, she can now go to both floors of the house. That's cool. So it's it's like, (laughs) hey, I get to see my wife again. Uh, We can't wait to see all of you next time right here on Warchant TV. This has been Sunday Smash presented by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Go hit up ABC anywhere in the state of Florida and get stocked up because the season is less than three weeks away. Subscribe to Warchant TV on the way out if you haven't done so. We thank you so much for watching to everybody who supported the program tonight from Michael Langston, Director Matthew behind the scenes. He's Ira. I'm Tom. We will see you tomorrow on WarChan TV with great coverage from FSU Fall Camp. Thanks for tuning in and good night.